So it's kind of a million dollar question, like what do influencers <laughs> cost? Um, and I would say it's probably more like a six figure question. One of the mistakes that we see brands making is um, they want to go immediately to the biggest names in the space. So if you're a beauty brand that's launching, you want to go right to the biggest beauty YouTubers. Uh -huh. um, you're going to get truthfully a lot of sticker shock. Those partnerships are in the tens to hundreds of thousands. That's going to be very scary for a brand. It's truly a relationship. It's a it's a partnership. It's a relationship. It's not um, you know Just buying like, yeah. media and and spending the money and then seeing the ads run. So don't just look at how many likes a post gets or how many heart eyes emojis a post gets, but actually look for people who are engaging with the content and leaving comments that are relevant to your brand. I also am learning through this a lot. Wonderful. And like, this is also a new thing to me that, yeah, it's good to maybe try it out first and then partner with an agency when you want to scale. You might want to try it yourself first. You can really gain a lot from um, trying to forge a few relationships with influencers and see how they are responding to your product, how they respond to your brand getting some actual feedback from them. How to make sure that the collaboration is going to give us return. Hi there, my name is Sylvia Gorajek and welcome to another episode of Valley Talks. As always, we're super excited to be here at DocuSign. In the third season, we're tackling startup branding. And in this episode, we're discussing something that is considered as wild west of marketing, influencer marketing. Let's get rid of all of the unknowns and ask my today's guest, Alexa Toner, about all of the nuances of working with influencers. Alexa is the founder of Collectively Inc., a pioneering influencer agency based in San Francisco and New York, connecting brands with the most creative voices on social media. They've been named one of the fast companies, most innovative companies in 2018, and they've worked with brands like HP, Uber, Pandora, and Old Navy. Alexa, thanks so much for joining me on Valley Talks. Thanks for having me, I appreciate it. I'm so glad we have a chance to sit down and chat because I feel like many companies don't really even know how to include you know, influencer marketing in yeah. their marketing strategy. So I'm really excited for this and very curious about what we're going to talk about. And so maybe let's start this way. Is influencer marketing for everyone or not necessarily? It's a great question. So um, one of the wonderful things about influencer marketing is that it works for um, brands of all sizes because it's extremely scalable. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously big brands have big budgets that they spend on influencer marketing and they're committing more and more dollars to it today. It's what the trend that we've seen in the marketplace. But if you're a small brand or you're a startup, uh, influencer marketing is actually really accessible to you because it's just about creating a personal relationship with somebody. So as a small brand you are, you know, or a startup, you are more than capable of going out to influencers who might be a good fit for your product introducing yourself and asking for a collaboration. So it can mm. be as easy as that one-to-one -one relationship and like voila, you have an influencer marketing strategy. Oh wow, that's interesting yeah. because I think that many small, smaller companies would think that it's just too expensive for them. Mm -hmm. So how, like, how could you um, address that? Like, should they be feared that yes, there is a lot of budget that they would need to allocate or how that, that, does that work? Yeah, so it's kind of a million dollar question. Like what do influencers <laughs> cost? Um, and I would say it's probably more like a six figure question, um, but really the range is enormous. So um, one of the mistakes that we see brands making is um, they want to go immediately to the biggest names in the space. So if you're a beauty brand that's launching, you want to go right to the biggest beauty YouTubers. Uh -huh. um, you're going to get truthfully a lot of sticker shock. Those partnerships are in the tens to hundreds of thousands, mm -hmm. um, depending on the scale and depending on the size of the influencer. So that's going to be very scary for a brand. Um, the other mistake though is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Some brands think that influencers work for free. 
And so they're approaching, you know, medium-sized or large influencers and saying, like, let's work together for free. And that doesn't work either. Um, For sure, it doesn't. (laughs) So what is the happy medium? Um, Again, there's a tremendous amount of scale in this space. So you can partner with somebody um, in exchange for product. Sometimes that works. They have to be a very small micro-influencer. They have to be really passionate about your brand and your product. Um, But it happens Mm -hmm. still in this space. Um, But I would say most partnerships are happening in the hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands, depending on the size of the influencer. You mean um, of the followers? Yeah, depending on the size of the, the influencer's followers, correct. So, um, you know, anywhere between, you know, a uh, hundred, couple hundred dollars to tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. is reasonable on a per influencer basis. But you said the most effective is to go to the to the bigger ones? No, not necessarily. Okay. So uh, it really depends on your goals. So I think actually where brands can see the most value is in working with the long to medium tail of influencers and not going direct to the biggest partners because frankly, you're going to have a hard time competing with the partnerships that they're seeing and, and the budgets that they're seeing. So um, you know, focus your efforts on smaller, medium-sized influencers, influencers who really might feel a very personal connection with your brand and might really be able to um, talk about it effectively. And then if we are thinking of such a partnership, um, does it make sense to think of like one time action and collaboration or is it more effective to make it kind of more like long term? Yeah, kind of gets into the art and the science of influencer marketing. So um, some partnerships could be a one-time thing. Let's say you're launching a product um, and you kind of want a big splash. You might only want to work with an influencer once and kind of get the product out there um, or a moment out there. But uh, what we see and what we really encourage are longer-term brand collaborations. Um, but you want to find those influencers over time. So it might be a good idea to start with working with a variety of influencers once. And then if you find out which ones are working best for you, which ones are sparking the most engagement or conversation, maybe building a longer-term relationship with them over time would be a better idea. Cool. And so how does such a collaboration typically look like? I imagine it can be different also depending on every influencer, right? But then is there any like uh, typical structure that you see is happening and something that we can just be aware of yeah. in advance. I mean, truthfully, it really does need to be customized for your objectives and your goals. But um, one thing I think is important is to remember that it is a two-way street and it's a partnership. So if you are a brand approaching an influencer, some of the best practices are um, you know, respect their time, mm-hmm. uh, respect their creative process, treat it like a collaboration and a partnership and a two-way street, um, and not like um, you know, the influencer doesn't isn't bringing value to the equation. Yeah. And you know, what you can expect in return is you know you want to look for influencers who are professional, who are hitting your deadlines, who are responsive, who are excited about collaborating with you. Those are all really good signs um, and I think are, are kind of the start of a successful and effective partnership. Yeah, and I think something that we should also remember about is that it's not like the fact that they have so many followers or mm-hmm. such a gr- great content is not something that we should take for granted. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not happening on its own. It's been often years of their hard work, yeah. right? Absolutely. So it's not like, okay, they just include a link somewhere and then, you know, it should cost $500 because what's, what's, what that, you know, what's right. the work that they need to be doing here? Like almost nothing, right? Absolutely. And it's respecting their creative process, the work that they're putting in to make your content. Um, with your brand and then their audience that they've built over time. And so a lot of respect uh, um, and acknowledgement of those things is really crucial. And frankly, you know, whether you respect it or not, the marketplace certainly does. And so you're going to have a hard time competing um, and, and getting your product or brand in the hands of an influencer or mentioned by an influencer if you're not willing to acknowledge the hard work that's kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, for sure. And they need to like you, right? Because yeah. otherwise it's not going to be super... No, it is. I mean, more than any other type of marketing, it's truly a relationship. It's a, it's a partnership. It's a relationship. It's not, um, you know, Just buying like, media yeah. and, and spending 
spending the money and then seeing the ads run. It's it's about working with another human. Sure. And is there are there any tips you can give us as to how to how to make sure that the collaboration is going to give us return? You know. Yeah. Because. Um, Yes, maybe sometimes we have a budget to spend, you know, to spend hun tens of or hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. but and that that's cool. Only <laughs> if obviously we're yeah. going to get a return. How can we kind of assess that in advance? Absolutely. So I think you know ultimately, as as marketers and as you know founders, um, our goal is probably sales. At the end of the day, we mm -hmm. want to sell a product. Um, but especially in a startup landscape where your brand might not have any real brand recognition yet. Um, you have to acknowledge that a consumer needs to be exposed to multiple pieces of content before they're going to make that purchase journey. Um, and we also have to acknowledge that in the influencer space, it's not always a one-to-one. -one. I don't see something on Instagram and immediately buy it from Instagram. I might go to the store and purchase, or I might visit the website later on, um, or I might see it on Instagram from an influencer and then purchase it based on a web ad that I see. So the purchase journey is not very linear, unfortunately, for us marketers and people yeah. who'd love to measure it better. Um, so to that end, um, you're going to have to focus a little bit on the upper funnel. You're going to have to acknowledge that, um, especially if your brand is newer, you're looking at um, things like awareness and high quality engagement um, first. And then ultimately, you want to see over time the impact um, happening with sales. And, and influencer marketing needs to work in tandem with a lot of other um, best practices in, in the marketing and in the advertising landscape. But um, what we are typically encouraging brands to look at is, you know, if you need reach, if you need awareness, then make sure your program is structured to deliver that KPI. And then look at engagement and look at high quality engagement. So don't just look at how many likes a post gets or how many heart eyes emojis a post gets, but actually look for people who are engaging with the, engaging with the content and leaving comments that are relevant to your brand and to the story that you're trying to help sort of facilitate in the marketplace. Um, so paying a, a, a bit more attention to that deeper level of engagement can really pay off for brands in the long term. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure you've come across some doubts about whether the numbers that are mm -hmm. uh, connected with a certain influencer are real. Yeah. And how can we make sure that they actually are? Yeah, yeah. I think, first of all, the entire um, influencer space really has a responsibility um, and, and should have a focus on real audience. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, is our responsibility, something we take very seriously. We use, um, you know, both some internal best practices as well as using third-party partners to help us verify influencer audiences. Okay. So that when we work with um, influencers, we're verifying their audience um, is, is at least mostly real in the space, especially if you're a bigger influencer, you're going to get some bot traffic. So we're looking for a very small percentage, you know, 5% or less of any kind of bot or, or um, fraudulent um, audience. And that's just a reality of the space, unfortunately, mm -hmm. which kind of brings us to the next point, which is uh, the platforms themselves. And, and we're always happy to see the platforms taking action against fake accounts, against bots, against behavior that's fraudulent. Um, that's something that we hope to see more of so that this can be something we don't have to worry about as much in the influencer space. Got it. And then, you know, I imagine there are so many verticals and as we're speaking, it's kind of obvious that yeah. there, are so, there is so much to working with an influencer. And and oftentimes it may be just even easier for us and helpful and more effective to hire an agency yep. like yours to mm -hmm. help with it. And so before we do that, what should we also, you know, um, think about or take into account before we talk to an agency like yeah. yours? So we're approached by a lot of smaller brands and startups. And actually one of the things we say to them is 
um, you know, you might want to try it yourself first. Hmm. And I know that's kind of a strange thing for an agency <laughs> owner to say, but it's, um, it's, you can really gain a lot from um, trying to forge a few relationships with influencers and see how they are responding to your product, how they respond to your brand, getting some actual feedback from them. Um, and once you've done that, and you've done that with maybe a small group, maybe you've done it with just five people, maybe 20, maybe you know 50, um, and you're kind of ready to think about the complexity and the scale, um, and maybe want to push the envelope a little bit more with different types of content, that's a great time to engage an agency. And we find that those clients come to us knowing what's working for them, hmm. knowing what types of influencers that respond best to their product, or maybe they're ready to break into a new market. That's always a great time to engage an agency. Um, but there's something great about the hands-on part of it. And so I encourage, especially smaller brands, to try it out and see um, kind of how, what the influencer marketplace is all about, and then engage an agency when they're ready to really scale or tackle some of the more complex challenges in the space. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then working with you, how does that look like? Are they, are the brands also talking directly to the influencer still working with you or is it like you do all that part so how does that look yeah like? so typically um typically we're doing as much as we possibly can so we understand you know one of the reasons that brands engage us is because they don't have in-house staff or resources um, to manage all of the relationships and so we've got that really down to a science um, but we also want to give brands a chance to interact with influencers and to feel a true connection um, we sometimes joke you know we can be kind of the um, the tough but fair parent, and the brand can be the fun parent. Okay. So you know when influencers encounter the brand, it's at a fun event or it's doing something cool. Um, meanwhile, we're behind the scenes doing all the contracting and the negotiation and the follow up and the reminders um, to get the content done. So, um, you know, it's always a balance and brands can be um, more hands on if they'd like to, or they can be completely hands off and we can kind of handle the process for them and represent their best interests with the influencers. Wow. I mean, those are so many awesome insights. Yeah. And, and I also am learning through this a lot. Wonderful. And like, this is also a new thing to me that, yeah, it's good to maybe try it out first and then partner with an agency when you want to scale. So if anyone wants to, is, feels like they are ready yeah. to do that, just uh, let's encourage them to go ahead and reach out to Collectively. Absolutely, yes. For sure. And thank you so much, Alexa, for yeah. sharing all the knowledge. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.